Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. And welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and I am here with Nikki Kinzer. Nikki? Hello, everyone. Uh, we are talking all about mindfulness today, and we have a fantastic guest joining us very shortly. Uh, yes, this is do. a great conversation. Before we do that, though, head over to TakeControlADHD.com, get to know us a little bit better, listen to the show on the website, or subscribe to the mailing list right there on the homepage, and you get an email with the latest episode each week. It's fantastic. You can connect with us, as always, on Twitter and Facebook at TakeControlADHD, and call us. Leave us a voicemail at 503-664-4ADD. Uh, Sorry, it's six 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 four. Yes, we we have overcome our phone number dementia. That's right. Uh, (laughs) We we're starting off with a little bit of follow up. Yes, yeah, we do. We got I got an email from somebody, and I love this email because what happens to her is what happens to me. That that wake up call around three thirty four o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. Yes. This is well. There are a couple of things of note in this email. I'm just going to read some parts of it. Sure. Uh, So this is uh, from the very kind Sheila. She says she loves Wednesdays when she's walking through the city of Valencia, Spain in the afternoon, listening to our weekly podcast with the lovely Pete. Ah, lovely Pete. Let me just editorialize a little bit. One, (laughs) Valencia, Spain. I know, right? That's cool. I feel a little bit like I've now been to Spain because I know my voice is in Valencia, Spain. I know. Thanks to Sheila. And she called me lovely. That's so nice. Nice compliment. Uh, Anyway, back to Sheila. This week's was very interesting as I've begun to start having sleep problems, I think due to menopause rather than ADHD. My problem is I fall asleep okay, but then I wake up during the night around 3.30 or 4 a.m. I think this could be due to a rise in my body temperature. When this happens, my first option is to try a podcast. I generally use Headspace Meditation with the amazing Andy Pudicombe or on YouTube, The Quiet Mind Cafe, or The Honest Guys, which all do great meditations. I use these as when I wake up, I start thinking about what needs to be done the next day, month, etc., and I have to quiet my mind. Very ADHD. Failing that, I get up and have a cup of tea and read some easy fiction. So maybe these are a few great tips for your listeners. Thank you both for a great weekly treat. Thank you so much, Sheila. This is very kind of you to write and to share your thoughts as you are dealing with this kind of uh, the crossroads of, of the physiological transformation of menopause and the impact that ADHD has on that. Uh, very complicated and even more important to have your mindfulness strategies at hand. Well, that's right, because that's what we're going to talk about today. But I, yeah, I really appreciated this email. Um, 
also because I'm going to look into these things because it does happen to me where I wake up about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, usually mine is driven by anxiety where I just start thinking about the next day and what I have to do. And, you know, the to-do list goes over and over in my head. Um, And what I tend to do is grab for my phone or my iPad and I check my email and I check Facebook. Everything that you're not supposed to do at 4 o'clock in the morning, I do. And uh, so I really appreciate this because I'm going to check these things out and see if it will, uh, you know, get me back to sleep. Absolutely. So yeah, I think it's great. But it does. It's a great lead in to what we're going to talk about today and our special guest. Absolutely. Casey Dixon is an ADHD coach who has worked with a wide range of individuals living with ADHD over the course of her career. Most recently, she founded MindfullyADD.com, a website that is dedicated to the mindfulness approach to ADHD through simple daily practices to help you with everything from focus to movement and settling, not to mention a rich library of features to help you learn more about your ADHD. Casey is here today to help us understand the role of mindfulness in self-care with ADHD. Casey, welcome to the ADHD podcast. Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here. Hi, Casey. Thank you so much for being here. Mindfulness is a common topic that Pete and I um, actually discuss periodically in several different kinds of contexts um, and conversations that we have. So I just love that we're talking about it today. Um, and I thought a great place for us to start would really to, to be maybe kind of an explanation or definition of what mindfulness is. Well, I mean, like you said, you guys are talking a lot about it. The mainstream media is talking a lot about it. And there are many, many definitions floating around. Um, We can make that really simple by reflecting on the word itself. So before we started recording, you said, you know, I'm going to be mindful of that, of the time or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And what that basically means is let's just pay a little bit more attention to that. Mm -hmm. Let's dial our attention into this thing that I'm being mindful of. Um, So mindfulness really means that you're paying attention to right now. Um, you're not really thinking about, well, what did I do yesterday or what did I say, you know, 20 minutes ago that I now regret or what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, it's just really dialing into this particular moment and seeing what emerges from that. Um, one of the really important factors of mindfulness is that you're doing that paying attention in a non-judgmental way. And anybody who has ADHD or who works with people with ADHD knows full well that that's a really difficult thing to do. Um, You know, people with ADHD tend to be really judgmental about what they're doing or what they're not doing, how they're going about it and where it's going wrong. Um, So mindfulness, yeah. So mindfulness can really help you to become open and curious about the moment, but not judgmental. Um, So it's, it's, kind of interesting because mindfulness is a way of paying attention that can be done anytime, no matter what you're doing. So we could do it right now. You know, let's pay attention to something, um, you know, that's going on in your environment or in your body or in your mind right at this particular moment. You can do it while you're washing dishes or waiting in the school line to pick your kid up after school um, or in a meeting. So it's just a state of mind that is very attentive. So clearly there is a, you know, an importance there for people with attention deficit disorder. Um, so, well, that's what I was going to ask you, because when you say, you know, when you first said it, it's about paying attention, you know, right now, what's going on right now, I can imagine that there's a lot of people out there with ADHD that, that almost feel like, well, that would be impossible. How can I do that? Yeah. I can't pay attention to anything. 
Yeah. Well, and that's, that's partly why, um, I started mindfully ADD because I was reading a lot of the research that is now showing that, um, mindfulness practices, which is something a little bit different than mindfulness itself really benefits people with ADHD for the most part and can help them to reduce their ADHD symptoms overall. Mm. Um, but you know, I'm talking to my clients about it and they're saying, Oh, I can't do that. I can't sit still. I can't pay attention. That sounds boring. I can't empty my mind. It just, you know, yeah. They, I mean, it seems like <laughs> counter to everything that we have experienced. And, That's right. And, and my hunch is that it's counter to the, everything we've experienced because everything we've experienced is coming through that really judgmental place, that place of self doubt. That's a really excellent point. And I think, um, it is kind of counterintuitive to say to somebody, Oh, you struggle with attention. Hey, you need to pay some more attention. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Here, here's your answer to like, I hadn't thought of that. Uh, thanks so much. But you know, I think what we know from the research and from the really interesting work that some people are doing in the field of mindfulness for ADHD care is that you can actually use mindful awareness practices to help to train your attention to become stronger so that it's under your direction a little bit more. So it's, you know, when you think, when, when you say mindfulness to people, they immediately go to, Oh, do I need to meditate? And they picture, you know, you're sitting on the mountain with your legs crossed in a Lotus position, sort of, you know, with a mantra and it's all very, um, I don't know, earnest, but I think that it doesn't have to be that way. And what we're learning is that, um, meditation practices or mindful awareness practices are formal exercises that help you to become more able to be mindful when you need it. So it's kind of like doing your meditation or mindful awareness practices, kind of like going to the gym to do your elliptical or your spinning class so that you can become more physically fit. You're just doing them so you can become more mindfully fit. And people with ADHD, despite the counterintuitive nature of this, can become more mindful or more able to pay attention by doing these kinds of exercises. That's a, I, that seems like a really important distinction. And it's one that I, I think, uh, is easy to get lost because we don't mm-hmm. consider, uh, we don't consider something like mindfulness, or I should say kind of emotionally intelligent exercises as practice. Right. And, and it's, and I think that that's a key point because, you know, people say, well, I'm no good at it. And mm-hmm. the, when my clients say that to me, I say, well, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you think that you are, you know, the guru of mindfulness. What matters is that you are practicing it. Even if it's as short as one minute of practice per day or one minute of practice every other day, um, you're still going to derive some benefit from doing that practice. And that's where the non-judgmental piece comes in. You're not here to evaluate how good you are at meditating. Right. Um, you know, that's really irrelevant. Well, it's interesting because I know I've, I've had those conversations with clients before too, where they'll say, well, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I'll say is that it's okay to welcome those thoughts when you're meditating, when they yes. come to you, welcome them, mm-hmm. hey, say, I see you, I, I, I know you're there. And then you can kind of tell them to, to go away for just a couple of minutes or mm-hmm. seconds or whatever, and pay back attention to your breathing. Right. Um, but I think by, by what you're saying is, is to not have that judgment. You're not good or bad at it and to welcome those thoughts. I mean, don't try to, well, I guess you are kind of pushing them away, but you're, you're still acknowledging them. Well, I think that 
I'm not a mindfulness educator. And when I started reading about the benefits of mindfulness for people with ADHD, as an ADHD coach, I was thinking, wow, finally, here's something that I can really embrace and say to my clients, here's another option for you mm-hmm. for ADHD treatment or care. Um, and like you said, Pete, they're saying, well, wait a minute, I can't do that. But to go back to your point, Nikki, I think it's really important for us to say, you don't need to empty your mind or push anything away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's important is that you are sort of anchoring your attention to something. And for most people, when they're doing a meditation or mindful awareness practice, it's a breath. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you're going to pay attention to your breath, your in-breath, your out-breath, the breath moving in your body. It could also be um, words or a visual image or, Mm -hmm. you know, your feet on the floor or your seat in the seat or your hands on the steering wheel, whatever it is. And when your mind starts to drift or make judgments, then you catch that. You say, hmm, I'm no longer paying attention to my feet. Now I'm going to pull my attention back to my anchor, whatever I chose to pay attention to when I decided to do this exercise. So instead of pushing away the thoughts that you're drifting to, um, my recommendation is to pull your attention back to whatever it was that you had decided you were going to pay attention to when you did started. So it's less of a pushing and more of a pulling. I like that. Yeah. That's and great. It, it's kind of like the lifting weights for your attention muscle thing. So yes, your mind is going to drift. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you are going to notice and just pull it back. Mm-hmm. What's what's so great about that, and what is so empowering uh, as somebody who has who lives with ADHD, it's the idea that you can practice this mm-hmm. anytime, anywhere. You don't have to find that a place of peace on the edge of a cliffside, right. and specifically at a gorgeous, mind-numbingly beautiful sunrise. You yes. really, I mean, you said doing the dishes. That is a great example. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of dishes, mm-hmm. and the act of sitting there doing dishes. Uh, is an opportunity to practice being attentive to the dishes. That's right. Right? That could be my mindfulness practice every day. Yep. And there are so many things just within that simple activity to anchor your attention to. You know, is it the water and the, the, the sounds of the water or the feel of the temperature of the water? Or is it the smell of the bubbles or the soap, whatever it is that you're using? Is it the the dishes clanking together in the sink or, you know, there's just things that you can choose. Okay. I'm going to really pay attention to that right now. And then we're going to move on. And a lot of people with ADHD are doing some mindfulness without even knowing they're doing it. You know, I had a client using the dishes thing who said, well, that's one of her favorite moments of her day is after the kids are in bed and, you know, things are quiet. She, instead of loading the dishwasher, hand washes her dishes. And I'm thinking, what are you crazy? <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have time for that. And she's like, no, but that's my moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. so I think that, you know, we already do some of this stuff in our regular life. The key here is that if you want to improve your ability to become more mindful in those moments, mindfulness practices or meditations can help. So you sort of do it now to use it later. Um, 
just like you would go to the gym now so that when you run up and down the stairs later because you forgot your keys and you're on the way to work, you're not winded. It's interesting because sometimes you do have to kind of set the intention too because I know um, I, I try this when I go and watch my kids play sports mm-hmm. is I will kind of, you know, in my car just sort of in my mind, set the intention that, okay, I'm just going to be very mindful of this experience and really pay attention, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. to what they're doing because it's so easy to get distracted, not only with your, your internal thoughts about thinking about your day and what still needs to be done, but, you know, I get distracted by other moms and dads that are on the sidelines, mm-hmm. you know, talking with them and, and nope, nope, nope. I got to pull. And I like what you said. I have to pull my attention back to watching my child exactly. play that sport. Yeah. Um, and it seems like you get, more out of those experiences. They become more meaningful. They, they, um, you know, they kind of become more a part of your memory and and they're not forgotten, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Which is another huge issue when you have ADHD, you know, Mm -hmm. is that working memory happens because you're really, your mind is jumping around while you're doing something. And if you have a working memory problem, you know, you're at the game and you're thinking, oh, I'm supposed to be watching my daughter play soccer, but uh, my phone just rang and I'm going to check that. Next thing you know, you're watching YouTube videos on the sideline. You missed her big goal. You know, (laughs) so it helps you to stick with that um, moment. And the cool thing is that, you know, the research is, is still really new, you know, the, the preliminary study that came out from Lydia Zaloska and Susan Smalley out of UCLA was only 2008. So it's not that long wow. ago. They did a feasibility study and found that, you know, of the, they ran people with ADHD through an eight week mindfulness awareness practice program. 78% of them at the end of eight weeks, so two months later, reported reduced overall ADHD symptoms. Hmm. So this is pretty staggering, and so a bunch of people are jumping on the research bandwagon, thank goodness for our researchers, right. and saying, hey, let's see if we can replicate that, or let's see if we can adjust that and test this out. And so far, things are coming across to be pretty consistent, that showing that you know mindfulness really does benefit. So going back to your example about intentionality, which I think is just key, you know, as ADHD coaches, we're always saying to our clients, you know, okay, time management is difficult for you. So you need to be super intentional about it. Mm-hmm. You know, pay really big attention to how you're going to use your time, how you're going to schedule your time, how you're going to estimate your time, what are you going to do while you're using your time. So mindfulness helps you to direct that intention but it also gives you an increased ability to do so. What are your suggestions on how to practice it? Like, what would you tell somebody that's never really even thought of this before? Where do you start? I was just thinking about that. I have a related question. I'm on a bundle. Uh, this, this goes, <laughs> I love bundling questions. That's the coaching no-no. You're not supposed I to know, do that. I know, you're not supposed to do that. I'm not a coach. I'm not a coach. Oh, right. You're allowed to do that. I'm allowed to do that. Uh, this is, I've just really kind of noodling away on this because, you know, one of the things that actually allows me, I find allows me to focus, it's the old uh, sort of raising the white noise uh, boundary mm-hmm. in the back of my brain. So that's why I'm, I do better work when I'm trying to focus at just the right coffee shop at just the right time of day. And so, you know, that's why the dishes thing, I don't want to perseverate on that too much, but that's why the dishes thing is so beautiful because it's, it, it is, it involves sound. It involves something that allows me to kind of turn on the part of my brain that allows me to pay more attention. So mm-hmm. is, is that something that goes into getting started with a practice or is that something that I'm completely far afield on? You may take the questions in any order you'd like. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why, thank you. No, I think, I think that you're onto something there. And because, you know, I tell my, a lot of my clients, this is another option for you is if you can't sit in your quiet room and get that work done, get out of your room and go to the coffee shop or try the library or whatever it is so that there's a little bit of stuff going on in the background. Um, and that seems to keep that part of your brain that's going to say, wait a minute, I'm looking for something to distract me busy while you're focusing on what you're supposed to be focusing on. Um, and I think for people with ADHD who are interested in developing a mindful practice, what I don't want to do is send them down the wrong path. And I ran into a lot of people at the Chad conference where we spoke about this who came up and said, well, I took a, I took a Zen master class at my local, you know, yoga studio and, uh, I, I can't do meditation. Uh, why is that? Well, you know, I, I tried it and it just didn't work for me. So they're going to rule it out completely because of one really bad experience. And when I asked them, what was that experience like for you? You know, oh, well, we went into a room and everybody sat around and, um, you know, cross-legged position for 45 minutes of silence. And I'm thinking, my goodness, no wonder you don't want to do meditation. Well, can't you, you know, imagine that person sitting in that room and then uh, like what, with one eye open, oh like looking around, like fidgeting I totally, and, yeah, like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? It's <laughs> a painful, it, it must've been incredibly painful yes. for that person. But, you know, he had really legitimate intentions to say, okay, I know this is going to be good for me. Um, I'm interested in this as a methodology for me to decrease stress and decrease my ADHD symptoms. So I'm going to go forthright into the world and give it a try. And then mm -hmm. bam, bad experience. And I think it's really important for coaches and other people who work with the ADHD population to say, don't mess it up for them. You know, we can do a lot more harm than we can good for our clients if we say, well, you should just join a meditation class because that could really ruin it for that person, depending on what, you know, their approach is. So one of the things that I did to answer Nikki's question <laughs> was to say, okay, what is it about these studies that worked for people? Um, and, uh, John Mitchell and a, another team, um, of researchers came out with a study last year that said, here are the criteria for ADHD informed, well, I'm calling it ADHD informed mindfulness practice, so that you don't end up with these unrealistic expectations or in a meditation class that is just not going to work for you. Um, and it ruins that experience for you. And you know, it's just not going to work. And I know you guys are probably familiar with this, but it's the same thing with medication. A lot of times clients will say, well, I tried that once and it was a bad experience, so it's out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what we know is that a lot of times people have to try many different types of medications or take it at different times of day or work with their doctor to come up with something that really works for them. And I think anything that we try in terms of remediating these symptoms um, needs to be customized and individualized. But in general, <laughs> there are a couple things that are really important when you're just starting mindfulness and you have ADHD. And that one, um, one of them is to use guided practices. So this kind of goes back to what you were saying, Pete, about there's audio going on. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You are listening to an ADHD um, teacher or a, I'm sorry, mindfulness teacher guide you through a practice that has been specifically designed for someone with ADHD. 
And so you can do that. And on our site, because I know some people are sensitive to different levels of audio, you can do that with music or without, you know, in the background, but you have a guide, so you don't have to sort of do it on your own. Um, the other thing that's really important is you start with really short practices. Um, I, I had say, a, yeah, 45 minutes is disastrous. Yeah, like what disastrous. is your recommended start? Well, the studies that I've been reading and the research that I've been looking at, they generally start their, their research participants with a five minute practice. Um, now on my site, we have one minute practices because you got to start somewhere. Right. And I think a one minute practice is still helping you to train your attention to be anchored to something for a full minute. And if right. you can do that, then that's fantastic. Imagine and if you're, because if you are new, I mean, I remember when I first sort of discovered that this set of behaviors was called ADHD, <laughs> uh, I, you know, one minute was truly it's aspirational. That was, right. I couldn't even fathom being able to sit still for, for that long, especially, you know, once I had a word for it, uh, I was, uh, I was even, the symptoms were even more sort of exacerbated by knowing what that was. I was just more agitated. And so one minute was, woof. Yeah, and, and it can be very uncomfortable, and it can be very agitating, and that's why you know we want to make sure that you're not judging that as a bad experience. Yeah. You can go into it and say, "All right, this might be uncomfortable for me, but I only have to do it for one minute." Right. right, right. Okay, I might be able to get through that, and if you can't, then try it again later. You know, that's mm -hmm. totally fine. Um, Win Kinder is the mindfulness educator for Mindfully ADD, and she's just amazing. But she talks a lot about, you know, a mindfulness practice can be as simple as one intentional out-breath. Okay, so in order to do an out-breath, you have to breathe in first. <laughs> <laughs> but that gives you the ability to say, okay, I'm going to just pay attention to that out-breath in this moment. Or take three breaths. You know, it can be as short as that. But if you want to start developing this as a regular practice, I would say use a guided meditation. Start with short ones. Um, those are really, really important. Don't ex you want to, I had a client in my office, Sherry, and I wrote a little ebook about her cause she's just classic and I love her. But she said, you know, I took a class and, and I'm I, I, in transcendental meditation and I need to I need to meditate for 45 minutes to get the benefit. I'm like, well, okay, how's that going for you? You know, <laughs> she's like, well, I can't do that. And I'm like, okay, so what could you do? Well, it's not, she, she was very firm about this. It's not going to help me if I don't do it for 45 minutes. I'm like, okay, well, let's just pretend as if it would. Mm -hmm. What could you do if you needed to, um, and she said, well, I could probably do five minutes. So I said, well, why don't we just try that this week and see how it goes? And, and it worked beautifully for her. And so, you know, that's how she got back into her meditation practice that she had had decades before. Um, and it really benefited her. And so I think it's important for everybody to say to themselves, okay, what is it that I need in order to make this habit happen for me? Um, so short guided meditations help. It may not be right for everybody. Um, one of the other things that I think is pretty important is don't expect to have an empty mind. You know, this right. empty mind syndrome thing, it just doesn't exist. There is no such thing. Um, so if your mind is full of racing thoughts, that's okay. We're just going to do that. Pull it back to your anchor, pull it back to your feet, pull that. it back to your breath. It's all right. Yeah. Um, and then the, uh, the other thing is moving. 
I think people with ADHD, they're, you know, one of the things we see is if you either are too restless and you can't sit still, or you're under sort of aroused and you're trying to sit still and you just fall asleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. So moving practices can be very effective as well. And, um, just to kind of keep you up. And I think moving your body also helps with the anchoring process. Um, so we have a bunch of those on our site as well. I've heard of that, like walking meditation or Mm -hmm. even like eating mindfully, you know, like really paying attention to what you're eating and how it tastes and how it feels and Mm -hmm. that that can make a difference. Yeah. And we have one, my favorite moving meditation on, on mindfully ADD, um, it's called raise and lower but I call it sloppy sleeves, but it's, <laughs> so you pretend like you're wearing a big giant coat that's like 12 sizes too big and you just swing your arms back and forth and your arms are the empty bottoms of the sleeves of the coat. Um, and these are really important movements that are, you know, I didn't design this stuff. My, you know, the when my friend Wynn did, and she's incredible um, as a mindfulness educator, but these are specific movements that you can utilize in order to get you to that place of being mindful. Now, is this to make it a habit? Is it something that they should be doing every day or trying um, to? I don't think that that's essential. Again, I think that would be, you know, great. Um, but it's just like going to the gym. If you do it every now and again, you're going to become more physically fit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, if you have this idea of like, Oh, I'm going to start to go to the gym and get really fit. And you go there and you spend four hours on the, you know, treadmill and then you go lift some weights and then you take a spinning class, but you only do that once. All you're really doing is hurting yourself, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So it's little bits of practice that are spread over the course of time that help you to develop these abilities. I will, I will do a really good job. Like I will have like a good solid, you know, two or three weeks where yeah. I'm meditating. I feel really positive. I'm, you know, going into these events very w- with a lot of intention and then something happens and I get really busy with work or, um, something, I don't know, something happens, right. And mm-hmm. you get sidetracked and all of a sudden the mindfulness and the meditation just sort of doesn't happen. Right. How do you get back into it without feeling bad or guilty? Cause like, there's a lot of times where I'll just feel guilty. Like, Oh, I can't believe I haven't done that. Yeah. I need to do that. And then I don't do it. It's the weirdest thing. Well, it's classic. I mean, ADHD people do this all the time. They, they get it. You know, one of the things that we know is that for people with ADHD, they get really motivated by novelty. Um, and so, Hey, mindfulness is something I should be doing. I get into it. I read articles. I talk to people about it. I buy a mindfulness bench that I can sit on, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then they do it for two, three weeks or maybe even four. And then they forget to do it or something gets in the way, the way and it's blocked. Um, so I always, you know, this is where ADHD coaching can help, but I think, um, as a coach, one of the things I tell my clients is that's okay. You know, you started it, you found out some things that worked for you. Um, you found out some things that didn't work for you. Now let's just start again. Um, Mm -hmm. and when you have mindfulness as a habit, you know, you're, you're sort of, you're practicing it and you're getting a little bit, um, better at it maybe, but that's sort of a judgmental word, but it's becoming more of a natural part of your neurology as you practice. So you're doing that cutting grooves in your, in your thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And as you do it over and over again, those grooves get deeper. So then you stop doing it. 
those grooves are still there somewhere. So mm -hmm. if you can refind them, it'll be a little bit easier to start the second time. It's kind of like riding a bike, right? Because right. like exactly. you don't forget how to ride a bike, but you can go years without riding one and still be able to get on one and, and ride mm -hmm. it. And you know, it might be a little awkward at first, but right. <laughs> you can right. still do feels, it. feels a lot like a unicycle today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's, it's really interesting though to, to hear you talk about this. And, and uh, you know, I, I practiced uh, TM, uh, Transcendental Meditation, for, for a while. My mother got me into it when I was in, you know, sort of college. And wow. so, you know, I have my mantra. I remember it. I, mm -hmm. I know the thing. And, and I understand what you're saying when you say like, there's a, there's a 45 minute sort of, you know, I'm not going to get the, I'm not, it'll do more damage than good if I don't do it for 45 minutes. And I right. think the, the lesson is if there is a practice that has dogma associated with it, it's probably not good for the ADHD mind uh, mm -hmm. because dog with dogma comes judgment, right? If, if right. I'm not doing it right, so I shouldn't do it at all. But the, the other piece of it is it's really easy for me to ascribe my own dogma on habits <laughs> I'm trying to build. Do mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And with mm -hmm. that well, comes my own judgment. And suddenly, oh, God, I haven't, I haven't gone on my daily run. I haven't done that. And therefore, yes. I'm not getting any benefit out of it. So I better go to Starbucks and have three chocolate donuts. <laughs> well, and Pete, it's really interesting that you say that because I caught myself when I asked Casey, you know, should somebody be doing this every right. day? As soon as I said that, I'm like, why am I using the word should? Right. Because right. right there. I totally That's know better right. than this. I right. know that you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel like you have to do anything every day. So yeah, I'm glad you bring that up. And I'm glad I have the chance to like, you know, notice that what I said. It's yeah. a great bit of awareness. It is. I do it as, all the time. Boy, as you know, people who are trying to help people with ADHD, we just pile on the shoulds, you know, oh, you should yes. be taking your omega three. You should be getting out in the green space every day. You should be exercising. <laughs> you should be going to bed at the same time. You should be taking your medication. Oh, by the way, now we're going to add mindfulness on top of all of that other stuff that you should be doing. Right. So I, you know, I was listening to people talk about it and looking at the research and, and, and thinking, gosh, we need a low barrier to entry for this. You know, mm -hmm. let's make this as doable as possible for people who are already overwhelmed with things that they should be doing to help with their ADHD. It's going to resonate with some people and it's not going to resonate with other people. Um, and that's okay. You know, you get to decide your own sort of special package of things that work for you. And so I think mindfulness is just one of the options that, you know, the research is showing, Hey, this can help you um, with your ADHD symptoms. Casey, now that you, uh, now that we've had this conversation, let's talk a little bit about Mindfully ADD. Can you walk us through the, your intention behind the site and what people can get out of it? Mindfully ADD, I mean, basically what I did is I heard people saying, but where are the resources? You know, I want to practice mindfulness for ADHD, but where do I do that? How do I take the first step? Um, and so I said I couldn't find anything. I mean, there's a fabulous book, Lydia Zyloska published, um, the, um, Mindfulness Prescription for Adult ADHD. So that's one resource. Um, since then, Dr. Mark Burton has started to do some teleclasses, Mindfulness Parenting for ADHD is his book, and then Mindful ADHD Cultivating Calm is his class. Elizabeth Amon, who's another coach, also runs a Mindfulness for ADHD teleclass, which is amazing, which I took for coaches um, mm -hmm. and for people with ADHD. But I wanted something that, you know, people with ADHD could just jump on, do a little practice and get off. Or if they needed to increase their motivation, 
you know, they had full intention of doing it. They did it for a couple of weeks and then it stopped happening. How do we restart that uh, practice? And one of the things that we know helps people with ADHD restart or start a new habit is high motivation, which is based on interest. Mm -hmm. So there's a bunch of articles on there that are intended to help you generate interest and curiosity about mindfulness for ADHD um, and sort of tips and how-tos, um, how to develop a mindfulness habit. And then there are audio practices, like I said, that um, there's some called mindful minutes. Those are the ones that are one minute, two minute, or three minutes long. And then the other practices are anywhere be between three and a half to about seven minutes at this point. And they are grouped by ADHD need. So they're, you know, I want to be still. There's, um, there's a group called Settle. I want to improve my focus right now, or I, I, there's a focus group of practice. There's a just move group. Um, so you can jump on and just do a quick practice and then, you know, jump off. It mm -hmm. doesn't have to be a lengthy endeavor. Are you uh, adding new content regularly, or is this just sort of a library that you've you've put up there and... Uh, AD, uh, Mindfully ADD is a membership site, okay. and so people can join and um, become members, and we're adding new content all the time. Um, it's a relatively new site. We just started in June of 2015, um, and so we have, you know, we're constantly adding new practices and articles. We have two new guest contributors, um, Renee Brooks, who is uh, a blogger about ADHD. Um, her website is Black Girl Lost Keys, and she writes, <laughs> she's super fun, and I love her voice. So she's been write, doing some writing for us. And then um, Elizabeth Amon, who is an ADHD coach and research-minded person like myself, is also doing some, some guest writing for us as well. Um, so we're just, you know, trying to to build it up, add some interesting features. Eventually, we're going to add some community features, but we're we're still working on that. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, where else would you like people to find you besides mindfullyadd.com? Um, well, I mindfullyadd.com, and then also if you just want to just sort of watch what's happening there, and you don't want to join, you can also just join our mailing list, and we send out relevant articles and information about mindfulness for ADHD. Um, you could also follow me on Twitter at MindfullyADD and Facebook, MindfullyADD also. <laughs> I know, it's very interesting. <laughs> um, for my coaching practice, I have a website. Uh, it's www.dixon, which is D-I-X-O-N, lifecoaching.com. So that's Dixon Life Coaching. And uh, I put up articles, and you can also follow me on Facebook, and my Twitter handle is Dixon Life Coach. Thank you so much, Casey, for being here. It was such a pleasure talking to you, and I know our listeners are going to love all the information. Well, thank you so much for the invitation, and congratulations on um, all the recognition that your uh, podcast is getting, and I think it's well-deserved. Thank oh, you thank so you. much. That's very kind. <laughs> uh, and thank you, all of you who have downloaded and listened to and subscribed to this show. We certainly appreciate it. All your kind words and comments on behalf of Casey Dixon and Nikki Kinzer. I'm Pete Wright, and we will catch you next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.